Thank you for joining us for another informative, educational, and entertaining edition of Music and Medicine with Dr. Charles Modlin, kidney transplant surgeon, board-certified urologist, public speaker, and well-known community national leader for the elimination of health disparities, dedicated to informing you, the listening audience, about important health topics and health information that you, your family, and your community need to know while at the same time providing you with quality entertainment because music and entertainment is medicine. Dr. Marlin's co-hosts are Jerome Brown and registered nurse Jonathan Branch. And the program often includes special content expert guests. So, without further ado, here is the host of the show, Dr. Charles Marlin. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another exciting episode of Music and Medicine. My name is Dr. Charles Modlin. I'm a urologist, kidney transplant surgeon, and I welcome all of you to this very important uh, topic uh, that we're going to be discussing tonight. We're going to be uh, discussing a very uh, sensitive topic that we don't always um, talk about. It's uh, homelessness. Um, and, and we know that uh, homelessness is a, a major problem in the United States. It's a growing problem. Uh, and we're gonna to talk to Tanya Perkins Stoudemire who actually has innovated a specific program here in Cleveland and Northeast Ohio to address uh, the homeless situation, especially and particularly in uh, women. So um, I wanna go ahead and welcome my co-host, uh, Jerome Brown to the platform. Um, hey, Jerome, how are you doing tonight? What's going on everybody? We're surviving a very warm summer, um, but we can't complain. You know, pretty soon we're going to be complaining about it's being too cold. So, hey, I love it. You know, I had to think about this, Doc. I said, the older I get, okay, they used to ask you the question, would you rather have the snow or would you rather have the heat? That's the big question here. And the older I get, this year was the first time I said, you know what? I think I can deal with 90 degrees over the snow because I just still like to move around a lot. You know, I have right. a lot of stuff going on. So I changed my mind this year, you know. <laughs> but, you know, but but that actually relates to what we're going to be talking about, the homeless situation. And um, th these are individuals that are out there in, in the elements uh, day in, day out. And, and a lot of times we forget about them out there suffering in the heat and, and also in the cold. Uh, yeah. It's a growing problem. It's uh, estimated there's 500,000 homeless individuals in the United States, about 216,000 of those individuals are actually homeless women. And many of those women actually have children with them also. Wow. Wow. And that's, that's alarming. And we all have been, well, a lot of us have been close to homelessness or even homeless for that matter. Um, and, and there's no point in time where you feel at your lowest point is when you're homeless, uh, personally, you know, you feel defeated. So, you know, we help out when we can. And, you know, what, one reason why this is an important topic for music and medicine is, and, you know, everybody can understand this, being homeless is also associated with individuals having a higher incidence of a number of chronic health conditions. Um, you know, when you're homeless, uh, you don't have proper nutrition, uh, shelter. A, a lot of these uh, individuals actually uh, suffer and die from uh, a variety of infections. Yeah. Uh, they don't have an opportunity to, to undergo routine physical uh, preventative health maintenance. 
uh, checkups. Uh, many of them are, are diagnosed with advanced states of, of cancer, hypertension, diabetes, and other conditions. Yeah. Uh, it was um, it was interesting and, and sad. I read that the li average life expectancy of a homeless person is only 50 years old. Wow. Um, and males, the average life expectancy of a homeless male is about 56 years, and that of a homeless female is, is even lower, 48 to, to 50 years. Um, usually women are living longer than men, but not in yeah. the situation of homeless uh, individuals. Um, we're going to actually have a special um, guest musician on this evening also, uh, Mr. Obi Shelton. And, and many of the listening audience are aware of uh, Obi and his music, a phenomenal violinist. Um, um, I've actually had the opportunity to see him perform at many uh, uh, concerts, uh, galas throughout the community over the last 20 years or so. Um, but so uh, I know the audience is going to enjoy listening to his oh, yeah. his music as well. So I wanted to go ahead and invite uh, Obi uh, to the platform and also uh, Tanya Perkins Stoudemire. And we want to thank uh, both these individuals for joining us. Hey, how are you guys doing this evening? Pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Yeah. yeah, thank you for both being with us. Um, um, so again, we're, we're talking music and medicine. Um, we know uh, that the uh, arts are very important in terms of uplifting the, the spirits of uh, all of us. Oh, yeah. Um, and when we talk about our health, we also have to remember about our, our mental health, our emotional well-being, our spiritual health. And, and that's why we've combined the subject matter um, on this platform where we talk about, you know, medicine, uh, important health topics, but we also want to fuse it. Uh, in, infuse it with uh, some entertainment as well, uh, which we all need. Yeah. Um, so, so Tanya, um, go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. Well, good evening. I really appreciate that you have invited me to your platform. I am very grateful for that. I'm always looking forward um, for the opportunity to talk about a demographic of young people that's virtually invisible. Right. And so again, my name is Tanya Perkins Stoudemire, and I am the founder and the executive director of Bessie's Angels. And the mission of Bessie's Angels is to nurture, educate, empower, and provide low-income housing for young women who have been impacted by foster care. And so what I want people to know is that most uh, well, all of the young people that have been impacted by foster care experience several traumas. And it has been, and I think Dr. Malden, you can talk about this, how trauma impacts you and impacts your health. And so a lot of them wind up homeless. You know, we have a, a couple of hundred young people who are emancipated out of foster care every year. Wow. And that's just people who are emancipated. And when we talk about emancipated, that means that they, no one came for them, that they turned 18 and they were no longer a part of the system. We have other young people who may have been um, reunified with their families and it didn't go well, but for whatever reason, they did not enter back into the foster care system. So Bessie's Angel's goal is to do just what we said. And when young people are traumatized, when anybody is traumatized, nurturing becomes really, really important. While we house, help with housing, we also help with immediate needs, medicines. We have young women 
who have these various illnesses and they cannot afford medication because either they're going to buy their medicine or eat. It's the same challenge that our seniors have. And so Bessie's Angels is here to wrap our arms around them and connect them to the services that their traumas are preventing them from accessing. And when they can access them, we provide what they need. So how long has your organization been in existence and how did it come about? So how it came about, the short of it is my grandmother, we named the organization after my grandmother. She was um, a spiritual mentor for me. And so when she uh, passed on, I wanted to find something that I could give to people and pour into people as she, my mother and other women in my life have poured into me. And so um, I worked for a financial institution and as I prayed my way through, foster children, foster girls started showing up and they were showing up with these stories that would just break your heart. And they, no one was there to say, um, let me encourage you. What about self-respect? You have to think highly of yourself. This is how you take care of yourself. And for, for many of you on this call, I know Dr. Martin, you have a daughter. I know Obed, you have a daughter. And so women, you have a daughter too, Jerome? Three. Okay. So, three. <laughs> so you know the role that a man plays in the life of his daughters. And when you are without a mother and a father and you're just finding your way, there, and all women, if we're going to be honest, we might show up looking a certain way and dress nice, but we have the, the same um, road to travel. And so I was inspired um, after seeing the challenges that you, these young people having, knowing you know that I fully well would have been them had it not been for my parents. And so that's how Bessie's Angels came about. We started around about 2011. We officially became a 501c3. In 2015, we will have our 10th annual walk next year, the first Saturday in June. The walk is our largest fundraiser. It allows us to buy young people medicine. It allows us to pay. We have rental assistance. We have utility assistance. We have a pantry. We have a laundry. And all of these things we do because you see a young person walking around and they're not clean. And we just assume they decided they weren't going to do their laundry. Well, the, you know, most of us who are working every day don't go to the laundromat. We have a washing machine. The laundromat is extremely expensive. And so if you can't feed your daughter because you washed her clothes, well, guess what? Everybody will be dirty. You know, how, over, the, over the years, how many women would you say or estimate that maybe you've impacted? Over so our young people come and go. And I would say each year we average about um, 50, 50 young people. Um, last year we did a lot. We, I think we must have touched the lives of about 300, but we did it through a variety of different ways. But our goal is to provide services ongoing. So we might give you a bus pass. We might give you a food card. We might help buy your gas, but we want to see you again. Because if you live a life where there is no love, and nobody is paying you attention and nobody is saying, this is how you take out your garbage. This is how you wash your sink. So our goal um, is to touch 100 lives consistently every year, not 25, not 50. We have a partnership that we're putting together with a couple of the high schools. 
We're going to be in Tri-C. We've had a partnership with Tri-C for years. And we're going to move that to monthly. So we imagine that in 2022, we will be excited to say that we will physically touch hundreds of women repeatedly. I mean, you know, Jerome and Obi, I, I, I saw a um, television report. Um, I forget which channel. I think it was Channel 19. You were featured, um, uh, Tanya, talking about your walk. And if I'm, I don't think you mentioned the fact that you actually provided housing for some of these women. You're, you're paying their their rent, mm -hmm. um, you know, so they, they can actually have a roof over their heads. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you look at, so there's a, a, a fund called Bridges, and it's government run, and a young person can access um, rental assistance and those types of things until they're 21. The challenge is, is that um, we need to maybe hold their hands a little better because most of the time they age out of the resources by the time that they're 21. And they're like a lot of people who weren't fostered, but living one paycheck away from homelessness. But the challenge is with the type of jobs that they're getting, job retention is difficult. So the minute they lose their jobs, they can't pay their rent. And now they don't have that umbrella because they're 22. And so what Bessie's Angels does is we, they can go to our website, they can ask for assistance. We ask a few questions. We make sure that they have a plan because if I pay your rent today and you have no clue how you're gonna pay it next month, we're kicking the can down the road. Yeah. You, know, you still have the houses? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we have three houses. We have one on a really nice street um, in East Cleveland. It's a lot of the people on that street have lived there their whole lives. It's, um, it's really has curb appeals, a wonderful street. Then we're in um, Cleveland Heights and we're gonna open the third Bessie's place um, in Garfield Heights. And I tell people, we don't, a lot of people think we're a group home. We are not a group home. We believe in the roommate philosophy. So each young person has a roommate. We try not to put more than two to a unit. We have space for three to a unit, but we want them to learn how to live with other people. You know, I'm a licensed realtor, and what I have found is that rents in the past two years have skyrocketed. And so if our young people want to live a certain lifestyle, they are going to need a roommate. But if you don't know how to live with someone, then that you, you're going to always live in poverty. And so our goal is not only to help our young people, but we want to teach them how to be good roommates. We want to teach them how to be good neighbors. If you walk, if you get home and there's trash in the front yard, it doesn't matter how it got there. It's your front yard. Pick it up. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Jerome and Obi, I hear about a lot of these devastating situations that are impacting our, our women of color. And I think it's incumbent upon the men also to take ownership of this and to offer assistance as uh, we, we need to be protectors of our, our women who are out there struggling and, and, and suffering. Um, and I know there are many fraternities, um, the 100 Black Men Organization, other organization uh, organizations that actually can get behind and, and support uh, these efforts, you know, Bessie's Angels. Um, um, because, I mean, let's face it, a lot of the trauma that has been um, delivered uh, to these young women has been at the hands of men. I mean, you know, I hate saying that, but that's that's the truth. 
Yeah. Um, so I think we have a responsibility to help solve the problem and help take care of these young women. I think she um, she partners with some organizations that can put them in touch with some with some men. And, you know, it, it's it's important that they see some men who are not going to hurt them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Who, who, who care That's about true. them and, and really, wow, he, he really helped me out. And it wasn't an agenda. You know, he yeah. wasn't asking for something in return. You, you know, know, we um, we have a gentleman um, shameless plug, but he has a, a company, an undergarment company called Leading Lady. And okay. every year he wants us maybe twice a year. He says, pick young women so I can take them shopping. And so we just went this past Saturday. And what he what we did was we met before he got there. We had a talk with the young ladies. We had them have a list and we, we met in Walmart and we went department by department and they can go down their list and pick anything they wanted. He did not give them a limit. And he he walks with us. He talks with us. He talks to the young women. And when it's done, they have all the things they need, the necessities. You know, if, it, if they wanted a rug, then he buys them a rug. If they wanted a comforter set. So they have, uh, the, the cashier hates us because it's just trails of, <laughs> it's only four young women, but each one of them have like two buggies full of stuff. Yeah. And he goes his own way after that. And so they get to see that a man can volunteer and do some things for you without expecting not one thing from you. And that is really an exception to the rule. And we have, let me tell you, we have some great brothers out here. I mean, look at the people that we have on this platform. And so we just need to teach our young women the importance at the valuing themselves. And most women in general don't realize they have the power. I keep trying to tell them. <laughs> you know, um, it sounds like he's an angel himself. Are you, are you sure? Um, you said it was your, this organization is named after your grandmother, you said, or your mother? Yeah, Bessie's. Bessie's, Bessie's Angels. Yeah. So are you sure your grandmother didn't send him down? Uh, you know what? We have, I tell people all the time, and I know it sounds cliche, but it's so true. I tell people all the time that Bessie's Angels belongs to God. Yes. I could, I, it leaves me, it leaves the station, whether I'm, in the in the conductor seat or not um when i met the gentleman at channel 19 we i went into subway i don't even eat subway i was standing in there thinking what am i doing in subway <laughs> and then <laughs> and he walked through the door and and guess what his grandmother's name was Bessie. there you go <clears throat> well, there you go well the the work that you're doing is is absolutely fabulous um it's needed, of course, and you're impacting lives for like generations to come because you're helping the mom. The mom has the child. You know, it's a snowball. It goes on and on generations. So we definitely appreciate your work, Tanya. Um, and I have a question like on the roughest days, mm. because I know you have some rough days. Yes. Okay. How do you find time for yourself to separate you from your work? I don't think I'm separate. Okay. Um, I am uh, deeply spiritual, and there's a difference between you know being deeply religious, but I have an unshakable faith in God, and so while we are giving uh, to these young ladies, they give to me. 
-hmm. When they say, I love you, Miss Tanya, when they call me and say, which job should I take? You know, so on my on my roughest days, I pray through it because I'm immensely blessed. Yes. You know, I have a wonderful family. You know, I have great friends. Obed and I, we've done a lot of work together. And so I don't know that I can separate myself. I'm just grateful that my family and my friends um, don't require that of me. You yeah. know, so if I, you know, my husband, sometimes his eyes raise like, okay, I got to get up at two o'clock in the morning because so-and-so, you know, this was pre-COVID. COVID taught us that we didn't physically have to go to people we could call Uber. Yeah. So so I haven't gotten up at two o'clock in the morning in a long time, but there was times that I would get up in the middle of the night and all of these things would be happening. And so I don't know that I can separate myself, but I believe that God blesses me in a way that I can get time to myself. But our young people... I'm a part of them and they are a part of me. And the blessing in life is when people who avoid you come back, when they can say, you know, Miss Tanya, I hear you in my head. So I don't know that I separate myself. So. No, it's, it's absolutely the perfect answer because uh, th that makes it authentic. Uh, <laughs> you know, 100%. Well, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a fine line between crazy and, you know what I mean? So I, I get that. Uh, I have just one more question for you, Tanya. Um, I know there's a lot of ladies that have touched your spirit throughout the years. Uh, give me one example of one that really came in, no names, please. And, and, and really there's a success story at the end of, of this, um, you know, this situation, like a little quick, this is how it was. And this is how it ended. You know, um, you mean one of our girls? Yeah. One of your girls. You know, we had Someone a couple that you're of, proud of. Someone that you're proud of. Well, okay, so I'm proud of a lot. There's quite a few good success stories. Yeah. But we had one young lady who was there addicted. There we go. And we didn't know she was addicted. She was doing, she had some behaviors that just, you know. And I remember she did something one day and she left Bessie's place. She stayed at Bessie's place and she left Bessie's place. And my sister. And one of our board members went looking for her and she was headed into the crack house. Yeah. And see, God is good because I think had I been there, I probably would have went in behind her and that was going to be a problem. But um, my sister, you know, another young person that was with her tried to tell her, you know, you don't have to do this. She said, yeah, I do. And she walked in with two men. The success story is that she's clean. Amen. She's working. Amen. She's in school. Um, and she loves us. There you go. And so, um, you know, and you're that showing was, that, that was a hard day. And you're we showing know. love to them, and and so um, they're giving that love back. Mm -hmm. So, but I, this is very inspirational, and I, I think this would be a time for us to hear a little music, you know, from uh, Obi. Obi. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah. lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, you know, I thought uh, as as uh, Tanya was flowing, I thought, well, maybe this would be the best time to play this one song, and um, I, I I used the ones that were pre-recorded because this these formats on on. Uh, uh, on the internet don't like the um, 
the, the natural sound of the violin. I mean, it kind of distorts. So I thought I'd let you hear it. Like this was a, uh, a, uh, a song that I played uh, and I play hymns and gospel songs, right? And I played this with the Cleveland Philharmonic Orchestra, not the Cleveland Orchestra, but the Philharmonic Orchestra, which is a, um, uh, it, it's an amateur orchestra, but it was, it was a, 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 a uh, arrangement that I did of Precious Lord, the song. So I was able to play this for a Martin Luther King uh, celebration at Tri-C uh, several years ago. So this is it. Thank you. All right.
drum well, that was roll. Sword, okay. No, we had to put and, the drum roll on it first. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was it was a great experience. I've been able to do that twice in my um, adult life because you know I I studied violin. Um, people thought I was going to be a violin player when I was in high school. And then it wasn't until I got to my second year of college that I realized that what I really wanted to do for a living was broadcasting, something in broadcasting. But I still kept up the violin because I love to play it. Um, but in my uh, in in my adult life uh, of playing, you know, a, a lot, I've been able to twice uh, arrange a song for an entire orchestra. One was with the Akron Symphony. I did Amazing Grace, and then one was with the uh, Cleveland Philharmonic, where I did Precious Lord. So, um, okay, that's, so, that's the other oh, thing I do. Hey, look, you hit us with this song that was beautiful. <laughs> we appreciate that. Now, let the audience know exactly who this man Obi is. You know, we want to know a little bit of information about you. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> now, one thing you'll notice that Tanya calls me by my real name, Obed, O-B-E-D. That is a biblical name. And my father uh, uh, wow. gave me that name. He was a, a pastor in Cleveland for about 10 years before he moved to, he got a job as a, um, a, a chaplain at the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield. So my high school years were spent in Mansfield. Now, when I went to Mansfield, I was the only black kid in my high school. And they said, what's your name? And I said, Obed. They said, Obi? I said, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, that's what it is. You know how people do. So I kind of wow. kept it through college, and then when I got into broadcasting, way back in, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, uh, I started, and they said, um, uh, so what's your name? So I was going to use my given name, Obit Shelton, right? And so my, my boss at WJMO, who happened to be, uh, well, Lynn Tolliver, you know, who just passed away a couple of years God ago. God bless, Lynn. The one who hired me, first one who hired me in broadcasting. God bless and, him. Um, but the news director there said, I don't like Obed Shelton. I don't like how that sounds like you're stuttering for it. He was going to give me one of these fake radio names, you know, like Jack Star or something like that. And yeah. I said, well, people in college call me Obi, Obi Shelton. He said, Obi Shelton, Obi Shelton. Okay, let's let's use that. So my almost my entire career, broadcasting career in news, right, has been in Cleveland. So once I got that name, it was hard to... Um, you know, I mean, it, it kind of sticks, right? And I, I don't have it on tonight, but, you know, I wore the bow ties and people connected the bow ties with Obi, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when I started recording music, and now I've, I've, I have three CDs, I wanted to use my real name, which my father gave me. So if you look on the internet, um, you'll see Obed Shelton, right? Like that, O-B-E-D, you look that up for, if you want to hear Precious Lord with the, with the orchestra. And um, so the, all of the music that is on the uh, on the internet has my real name, but I also linked it to Obi because I know people recognize that name. And I know it causes a lot of confusion. When I first started it, you know, people would tell me, you know, there's this guy who plays a violin and he's got a name kind of like yours, but he, he really plays a violin well. It's a different name. I said, well, it's, it's, it's me. So, so nobody ever called you Opie, did they? <laughs> Actually, they did. Oh, but more people call me Obi-Wan Kenobi ever since oh. the Star Wars movie came out. You know, that, that was my nickname wherever I went. Oh, they but, are. Um, you know, when I was in high school, some people called me Opie off of Andy of Mayberry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so now nobody knows what Andy of Mayberry is if you're under 50. So, you know. I was watching it the other night. Uh, great show. Um, so how can people find your music? I mean, you're, you're on you have many videos on, on YouTube. And how can they get right. your album? Right. I mean, I, I have a... Um, uh, website, obitshelton.com, but I got updated. I mean, I haven't, 
um, updated it in years um, because I've uh, I've been you know busy doing a lot of other things. Um, but like Tanya knows, I do videos. Um, I've been working. I just uh, completed a master's degree in nonprofit administration, so yeah. I've been doing that. And um, yeah. you know, I, I just haven't gotten around to the, to the website, but I'm probably going to freshen it up. Obedshelter.com. That's what it's going to be. If you go there, you'll find you know the music that you that you're seeing here tonight. So what's the difference between a violin? You know, I, I don't know. What's the difference between a violin and a fiddle? Is there a difference? Well, you know, it's, it's really how it's played. You know, like a violin uh, in um, uh, it, this this version of it is European, right? And, you know, when you usually hear, when people usually hear uh, violins, it's like a... Right, that was the way people played the violin. Now the fiddle, what happened was, you know, you had a lot of people from Appalachia, a lot of people from Africa who picked it up and they kind of did it their own way. So it was more of like a, or like a fiddle is like, so it's really how you play it. Oh, they put that funk on it. Yeah, they put yeah. that funk on it. Um, in the profession, like, uh, they call it now fiddle, especially American violinists. Like if you hear, um, I had a violin teacher who said, you know, good fiddle playing has comes down to this. So it's used interchangeably, but it's really how you play it. So can you play the Charlie Daniels, the devil went down to Georgia? No, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But you have to have the rest of the music. I don't Something, something like that. Well, see, remember he he challenged the devil challenged him. They they had right. a contest in right. the song. I don't know if you remember Jerome. No, no, no. What do you That's mean, Jerome? Point. I don't even That's know. First what that... time. <laughs> well, well, he 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 beat the devil in in the song. Okay. Do you remember the song? That you no, no. no That's, that was that was seventies. That was know. back in the seventies. You have to go back and, and listen to that. It was I was very born funny. in '76, so you know, okay. I was before me. Yeah, you know? <laughs> okay. it's a very funny song. Tanya, you probably remember that song, don't you? Well, I was around. Listen, I was around in '76 for sure. <laughs> okay, well, I was too. So, so Tanya, how, how can how can somebody, a, a young woman in need, access your program? How, how how would they find out about it? So you can Google us. That's the easiest way. But our website. Is www.bessiesangels.org. And our contact number is 440-256-6663. And so they can they can find us either of those two ways. And if they can't remember, just Google Bessie's Angels, all kinds of stuff will come up. Um, and then they'll be able to find us, uh, find us that way. We're pretty easy to find. We work so, with know, a lot of social service agencies as well. So important question, um, again, because this is music and medicine. I'm a physician. I'm always thinking about uh, the healthcare needs of the community. So I I'm sure a lot of these women are, are going without the, their, their healthcare needs uh, being met. And I, I actually work at Metro. I'm a, I'm a urologist. I'm medical director of the Office of Equity, Inclusion, and Diversity. And Metro Health is a uh, medical institution. It's been around 186 years. Um, and we serve individuals whether or not they have the ability to pay or not. So we're, 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 we are a safety net hospital. We are a resource um, to where these women can come uh, for their preventative health services and for their medical care. So I would like to work with you 
um, you know, after the show, we can we can work and, and um, we can figure out a way in which to for your women, for your, the, the women that you serve to gain access into the healthcare system. Uh, again, I mean, a lot of these healthcare uh, conditions, uh, you don't have to have any signs or symptoms. So these women uh, need to be their blood pressure needs to be checked. They need to be screened for diabetes, a number of other um, you know, problems according to you know, their, their age. Um, and again, homelessness um, is a social determinant of health. So, I, you know, I would look forward to that. And I think, I don't know if Metro still has it, but they actually had a program. Uh, they may have had a liaison for to help foster youth. But yeah. our young people, everybody needs to navigate um, and be in charge of their health care. But it's really difficult for our young people and they don't make the best health decisions. And so it would be, I appreciate your offering because we need someone um, that can stand in the gap and make sure that certain things happen, even if it's a matter of us picking a day where we just get the young people together and maybe have a clinic, or I don't know what the solution will be, but a lot of our young people are not taking care of themselves. You know, we've had young people who had COVID and they said, well, my nose is just running and I don't feel good. And so we give them COVID tests and for sure they're really, really, and they just get sicker. So we, and they don't follow up, you know, they have lasting um, things that happen after that, but because they don't follow up on their health care, one thing happens to another thing. And it, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard. You know, women need, just like men, I mean, immunizations, they need um, mammograms, they need pap smears, there are a number of things that they need to be taken care of. Um, you know, obviously I mentioned their, their blood pressure, their kidney function needs to be checked. So, yeah, so you heard it here, we're gonna develop a partnership um, between oh. Metro Health and, and Bessie's Angels. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder like Tanya, that. you know, I'm, with, a lot of, with a lot of black men, there's this fear uh, of, of, you know, of submitting to the healthcare system, right? Yeah. Do you find that with young women too? Oh, absolutely. See, I, I think that people, so we have Dr. Sonji Kenyatta and she has a private practice. And when our young women are have mental health issues, we recommend her, we send them to her because we have to remember that these young people have been um, to doctors. They've been in uh, group, they've had counseling, but never has it been on their own terms. You know, never were they given any, and I should say never, never is a strong word, but it's unlikely that they had any say so when they went to see the gynecologist. It's unlikely that they, you know, they tell me over and over again, well, I don't wanna go to counseling, Miss Tanya, cause it's just somebody that's asking me all about me and never tell us anything about them. So we have to overcome the trauma of going to the doctor for these young women too. And so we, we picked Dr. Kenyatta, she used to be on our board, but she's so loving and she's so kind and she's so patient. And now, you know, even when you have money, you go see the doctor and you need to tell them what you need and they see you, they talk to you, but you, you know, you gotta kinda have to move on because of the way the system works. And so we need people, we need everybody that comes in contact with our girls, and I call them our girls, to nurture. We need everybody to be nurturing because what you expect for them to know, they do not. 
And, and that's a great point because I, I wanted to ask you, are you helping teach them how to cook, um, how to live healthy lives? We have a monthly cooking class. We have classes on budgeting. We have classes on anything that you can think of. And when they're at Bessie's place, we tell them we're on the lease too. You know, Bessie's place is um, semi-independent. So while you're on your own, you're not because we're coming in and out. We're saying this is how you tie up your trash. Don't put food down the drain. This is how you stop it from going down the drain. This is why you wash out your bathtub. This is how you do these things. And we do that with all of our young women. We just, um, I just, I'm going to contract. We have a young lady. She has a business called Task Fairies. And she's a former foster um, young lady. She was fostered. But she's older now. She's an adult. She owns her home. She has her own business. So we're going to pay her to to run her program and to teach our young people at Bessie's place how to clean because I'm old enough to be their grandmother and they don't want to hear from me because they've been told what to do forever, but they could probably identify with Tia. So we have to meet our young people where they are and we're not. We're expecting them to know that if you... if you, we went by Bessie's place today. Garbage day was Wednesday. When we got there today at 12 o'clock, the garbage can was still on the curb. Yeah. So we said, why haven't you taken the garbage can to the back? She said, I didn't put that out there. <laughs> That's the mentality. You know, but we put it out there because you forgot to. Yeah. But, but, you, but you know, you think she's being flipped, but she wasn't. She really meant, I didn't put that there. Yeah. yeah. You know, so when you see a young person and they give you an answer that you cannot believe. Right. We have to take the judgment out of it because one, we're attacking them for being honest. We always tell the people, you can be honest. Well, you can't really. So we're tagging them for something that they said, thinking that they should know better. But guess what? They don't. I have a saying, Tanya. <clears throat> and my saying when it comes to situations like that is the message can be lost in the in the delivery so if you deliver it wrong they'll never hear you okay right i am a father my daughter is uh 25 years old adhd um don't get in trouble now (laughs) yeah yeah so i've been in her life all so i know all too well what you're talking about and on how you handle handle mental illness and things like that you have to be very considerate you can't be judgmental and you can't be too hard because that'll have they'll they'll rebel then mm-hmm. and once they rebel it's hard to get them back uh and you there's no telling what can happen because a lot of these times these be life or death situations it don't be just a regular yeah. situation it'd be real life and uh they have the perfect person to oversee this which which is you because oh thank you it takes a special individual. I told you you were authentic earlier uh, in this conversation. Authenticity. You're not separating yourself from the work. You are the work. The work is you. The mission is you. So that's the beauty in it. So I, I commend you and keep on going. I'm a single father that's into the same type of thing. So when you, you hit home when you said a couple of things. My daughter may live with me forever. And guess what? I'm fine with that. Okay. Like, okay. Because <laughs> when one day you're going to be old. When they're on the <laughs> you know, yeah. I can tell you from my interactions with Tanya is that, you know, she has, she has, 
I'll call it faith through a lot of disappointments, right? Because she does, uh, these girls that she interacts with, a lot of them break her heart. Um, but she still keeps, she keeps pounding, you know, 10 years now. Did you say Tanya? Next year, we'll be having our 10th walk, yeah. um, which is amazing to me because, you know, I didn't think I would be doing this. I didn't know what I would be doing. You know, some people have a plan for their lives. I just never really had one. I just kind of listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he tells me or she or whatever, you know, Absolutely. I just do what God tells me to do. And I just, you know, for a long time, I fought this. I was like, I, you can't want me to do this. I don't even like women. <laughs> so Tanya, so Tanya, what, what what kind of volunteers do you need for for to help you out? So so we're growing by leaps and bounds. I always tell people we need everything, but we're going to need people to facilitate our programs as we go into the high schools. Because when we start with John Hay, we are anticipating that we're going to be there um, twice a week for an hour. We're going to be a Tri-C once a month. So we need those type of volunteers. We need volunteers that don't mind coming in, helping us spruce up the house and do spring cleaning and, you know, teach the girls how to dust and do that type of stuff. We, I've learned to find out what people feel that they want to do and let them do that. And so we always say we need everything because we have three houses and you have to do work. When you have a house, you know, a house of your own is work, let alone a house that somebody else is living in and they may not have the life skills or the understanding of how to keep that up. We have linen. We were donated linen. So we always need help sorting. We have a closet. We have Bessie's closet. So we need help getting the closet in order. So anybody out there who wants to volunteer and change a life, you know, because you can change somebody's life and never see them. Yeah. It's like donors, and you would understand this, Dr. Malden. You might not know where the kidney came from mm -hmm. as the recipient, but you got one. And you know that somebody gave that to, you know, you, you were blessed with that. And so I'm just asking people to bless our young people. We always need money. Every organization needs money. So I tell people to use their um, human capital. You mm -hmm. may not donate to us, but your company could. Yeah. You may not um, have those money, but your girl over there might be in charge of a foundation. So just think about us and know that we touch every part of a young person's life, whether it's feminine hygiene products, whether it's getting their hair done. And let's be clear, while it's important to give homeless kids and all of that, when we give our girls stuff, we dress it up. Because if you've never had anybody to give you some luxurious lotion, how do you know what that is? Yeah. When, if you get the money, you know, how do you know what to spend it on? We don't give them anything that we wouldn't want for ourselves. Absolutely. Um, we want them to understand what quality is. Hmm. And so everything we do is to prepare them, not just for today or for tomorrow, but for their futures. Do you, do you accept food and clothing donations? We do accept clothing donations. However, most people, once we tell them how we accept them, pass. Because you have to separate them. You have to catalog them. You have to fold them so that all you do is saying here and then we put it on the shelf because our young people don't have irons. Many of them don't have homes. When we give them something, we don't want it to look like they got it out of a bag, but we don't have the manpower to iron, sort, or wash. Right. I have one more question. So you mentioned that you're going to, you're going into John Hay and Tricy. 
<clears throat> specifically, what are you doing when you when you go to those? Uh, so we haven't we haven't finalized our agreement with John Hay, but they have a variety of after school programs. And so our plan is that when we go into any um, high school, we are going to teach all kinds of stuff, life skills. <laughs> We're going to give them, you know, they have all these different personality quizzes and tests. So you'll know who you are. We're going to teach them crafts and how to sew. But all of that really is going to talk about how do you love yourself at the end of the day? We're going to have book clubs. We're going to give them everything we think we they need, but we're going to try to make it so much fun. We're going to have Bessie stars. So when you come to a, if you come twice a week, you're going to get so many points every time you come. And that those points will get you some kind of gift. Maybe it's a gift card. Maybe it's a luxurious robe. It's going to get you something. So you're interacting with people who, the girls who are not necessarily homeless also. Um, no. So we do every, we do anybody 16 to 24 that has ever been in foster care if it wasn't, but for one day. Okay. So if you were in foster care when you were five for a year and now you're 16, we can still help you. If you were in foster care for three years and right. now you're 18, you didn't emancipate out, but somewhere in your life you were in foster care, Bessie's Angels is here for you because you have the same trauma as that young woman who, who emancipated and got out of foster care when she was 18. She just wasn't reunified with her family. Right, right. Well, you know, Jerome, th this is outstanding information. Man, yeah. heavy stuff, man. Yeah, it's very heavy. Goodness gracious, Italian. Good news, but listen, it is heavy. But our young people, this is what I want people to know. Our young people are wonderful. You know, every young person, when they get 18, they don't want to hear from their parents. Even those that, you know, live in fancy houses, when they get 18, they're tired of people telling them what to do. But see, we can hold things over our kids' head and we can snatch them because they're ours. But if you don't have... Okay, so I'm going to be very transparent. When I was 32, I had two children. I was going through a divorce from a person that wasn't very nice. I was in Atlanta. I had to call my parents. I called my mother on a Sunday at 1 o'clock. said, Mommy, I need to come home. She said, okay. Well, after they got through celebrating, she was like, okay, we'll send you a ticket for Wednesday. I said, no, mommy, I need to come home now. I was home with my two kids by one o'clock on Monday. Mm -hmm. Where would I have been with two kids and no money and no place to go had I not had parents that could afford right. to go to, to give me an airline ticket for three kids? Right. <clears throat> Might not have made it, Tanya. That's right. So we all have challenges. We all make mistakes. I'm here to say, let's wrap our arms around these young people. Let's remember where we were when we were 20 and what we were doing. And let's just, let's just bless them because these are the same young women that's having your sons or your you know, kids. These are the same young women that's in relationships with your children. These are the same young women that you're going to meet at the hair salon and at the grocery store and wherever. We can't avoid them. And so let's let's show them love so that when we meet them on the street, they have been loved. Absolutely. So, Tanya, you and I, we're going to connect. We're going to talk about getting these young women in for their health checks. But I think at this point, I think we would like to close out the program with another selection from Obed. 
Obed, Thank you for having me. Obed. Sure. Um, well, first, before I do that, I'm curious. I've been trying to figure out what's the number on Jerome's jersey. Is it number six? <laughs> 30. Oh, 30. Oh, of course. Well, of course. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a, that's a retired Jersey. I know who that is. Well, there you go. You know, all right. That's, that's, that's number one. Okay. Yeah, buddy. You already know, man. Hey, so, before, um, before you I, get I, I to the selection. Out, this makes sense. This was a song that I recorded for the sickle cell um, foundation. And I explain uh, uh, why in the, in the intro to this, but this was, the song I feel like going on, and you can take you can listen to it uh, from there. All right, let's go.
Oh man, that was fabulous. Fabulous, man. Once again. Yeah, I mean so, you just you just keep go- coming with them, man. You know. So you got we gotta go to the YouTube and hear even even more. So we encourage the listening audience to check out your YouTube channel um and and get your new CD. Um do you have any upcoming performances that we need to know about? Um, depending on when people see this, you know, I, I have been, now that COVID is kind of, you know, uh, tailing off, I've been asked to play for a number of weddings, funerals, um, uh, anniversaries. Um, so churches, um, you know, I, I can't think of one on the top of my head, you know, a lot of these are private events, but like, you know, I might be coming to your church, you know, yeah. <laughs> this well, Sunday. We, or we need to get you to our Minority Men's Health Fair next April, April the 27th, oh, 2003, yeah. the Metro Health Minority Men's Health Fair. That's the, the next, uh, the date for our next health fair. Mm-hmm. But, um, did you did add weddings? Oh, man, did you add weddings? You know, he played at my wedding. Oh, oh man. He I thought I played at your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yes, I've, 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 I have a number of weddings. I have one coming up on the 30th. Uh, Terry Wilson, if you're listening, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, I'll show up on time and I'll play well. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I found that, especially in the African-American community, people know me for the violin more so than for the news. I mean, you know, they say, yeah, you came and you played at my uh, grandma's, you know, uh, homegoing service, or you played in my school, you know, for career day. So, and that's okay. Um, I, you know, I, I realized that this was a gift and yeah. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful. I thank God every day that, you know, I can still play fingers. You know, I don't have arthritis. Um, some of my peers, some of the people in my generation do, and he's just uh, given me that, uh, that ability to play. And so I'm, I'm going to play as much as I can. Yeah, can you well, walk us out with something, man? Yeah. Well, let me see. Um, ah, here's one. Uh-oh. Um, I think I'll, 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 I'll play the video of this because I set it up. This is the song, We Shall Overcome, right? But um, you have to picture a scene where it's a number of people and the lights are out and different age groups. And, so, and this is people from the, uh, from the struggle, from the civil rights struggle. And one of the old warriors starts singing, humming, We Shall Overcome. And then somebody else starts singing uh, in, in harmony with them. And then everybody else kind of uh, picks up and everybody starts singing. And it comes to this rousing chorus. And then out of all of that sound, you hear this little child's voice singing. And everybody stops and listens to them because they start shaking their heads and looking at one another because they know if she's got it, that means the struggle is going to go on. So this is We Shall Overcome. So before we play that, I want to just thank both of you, um, Obi and, and Tanya, for joining us on the platform, Music and Medicine. You've both been very inspirational and educational. And uh, thank we thank the audience for tuning in um, and, and stay tuned for our next episode as well. But we're going to hear Obi uh, play us out here. And thanks for everybody for joining us this evening. Thank you for thank having you. me. Thank, thank you. you. Great show, everybody. Great show. Great show. Yes.